This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. I am slightly lighter in my wallet this week because I have to pay the old fella some money. But guess what? I actually get some money back from Nigella. Yes, and Mariana had a good afternoon at the restricted pairs in Hamilton, obviously, and she was very happy and smiling when she knew that she'd beaten our friend Nigella home. That's right. So Hamilton had their restricted tournament. We had 24 tables at that tournament. The club was chock-a-block. Good to see. $25 entry fee plus a catered lunch. So we had a main meal and then we had dessert. I had some comments from the Aucklanders that came down that they pay a little bit more than that up in Auckland and they have to buy their own lunch as well. So they were over the moon with what Hamilton provided. Yeah, I don't know whether Hamilton made too much money out of that tournament, but people had a good time. Well, the bar made some money. Well, here you go. I've got a saying for you, Mariana. What's that? If alcohol can damage your short-term memory, imagine the damage alcohol can do. You think I should put that over my bar? People think... were like, oh my God. That quote was made for me. I it think. was. I heard that and I thought of you immediately. <laughs> so there you go. I kid you not, our bar is not an income earning facility at the Hamilton Club. Sold, what, 30 drinks? That's about it. Still got plenty left in the fridge and bridges don't really lean that much. Well, some of them do. I think. You know, that's a bit of a generalisation. There are some of them that definitely do. And I wasn't really thinking of you, Marianne. I'm sure there's others. I'll tell you one thing. I said to Andrew, so everybody knows that my husband calls me taillight, and he says, you're playing a bit of bridge this year. And I said, yeah, I am. And he says, wow, you used to play only once a fortnight. And I took him back to the days. I said, well, guess what? I'm playing rugby. That's my new word for going to play bridge. He was like, what are you talking about, Lewis? You know? And I said, well, you remember the days when you used to play rugby? You used to go to rugby practice on a Tuesday and a Thursday. And then on a Saturday, you'd go out and play rugby and you'd leave around about 10. And then I have to pick you up at the club around about 7. I said, it's my turn to go and play rugby now. <laughs> and he's, he was just, his jaw was wide open. He was like, oh, I can only think that. Yeah, that can only come out of your mouth. So whenever he says, what are you doing this weekend? I say, I'm playing rugby. <laughs> <laughs> it's my turn. Yeah, well, forwards or backs? <laughs> oh, he was a lock, Andrew. So I guess I could be a lock. The whole thing about it is I don't come home all battered and bruised. You know, I don't come home with dirty laundry. Mm, ooh, I'm, actually, I'm not too sure about either of those, Mariana. <laughs> I think there are some bruises and there's definitely some dirty laundry. <laughs> well, what have you got about dirty laundry? Or what, anything dirty over your way? No, I'm not going there. You're the one who started this. No, but I thought you said you've got something about dirty tricks. I have. I've got a list of things to talk about. I want to talk about dirty tricks. 
I want to talk about new tricks. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about real bridge. Real bridge. I, I want to talk about the blacklist. Oh. And I want to talk about canapes more than just finger food. Okay, well, let's start. Since we're doing the dirty laundry, let's start off with dirty tricks. Dirty tricks. So, dirty tricks is the new movie that's been made uh, oh. about bridge. So, it's a little bit of Bridge's answer to the Queen's Gambit. So, it's a lot of it is about the cheating scandal from back a few years ago with um, Leighton Fisher and, and a number of others. Yep. So, that is apparently coming out at the end of April. Well, I'm wondering how we're going to get to have a look at this doco or movie dirty tricks where do you think it's going to be played netflix i don't have netflix well, maybe you'll see it at the movies i don't know we i mean it's 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 hard isn't it because you find a few bad apples or whatever that are not playing by the rules i think sometimes people think everybody's like that and that's not the case at all there's only a few of them there was a good quote that i read the other day it said losers often much sooner make out the rest of the world to be rogues rather than themselves fools Hmm. It was a guy called Admiral Rouse. Okay. It will be interesting to have a look at that, wouldn't it? I mean, I'm brand new. I didn't really know much about it until people started talking. Oh, actually, we started talking about it on the bridge zone, so I did a little bit of research in it. But to watch a movie and getting watching, like, boys face and the way and showing his emotion towards it and the same as Zia, that would be really interesting. Yeah, Zia's got pretty strong feelings about it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah. yeah, it could be a bit ugly but anyway, uh, so I don't know where it will be but I'll be watching. Yeah, okay. And, and once again I just think some publicity for the game not the ideal publicity but at least it'll get the game out there. Yeah like you said, any publicity is better than no publicity. I think it was Rob Muldoon who said, any publicity is good publicity as long as they spell your name right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And there's a bit of a, I was looking on Bridge Winners and they were having a bit of a poll about whether or not you would watch it. And some people were concerned. They didn't want any of the, the cheaters to get paid or anything. But um, I know there was... Are you in terms of making money off the movie? Yeah, that's right. right. They don't want him to make anything. But I don't think anybody will, because I know people like Boy Brogland and a number of others that were involved, they're not getting paid, but they appear in the movie. I did have a bit of a laugh. You can watch the trailer. Right. Um, I don't know how you find it, but there is a trailer for this movie that you can watch, which I had a look at. And one of the women answered that, yes, she would watch it because she thinks Loughton Fisher is hot. Well, there might be some merit in that old saying, good girls get attracted to the bad boys. Mm. Okay, well, <laughs> with I found it. Nothing to do it. with his bridgeability. <laughs> Trailer for Daniel Savan's hot documentary bound Dirty Tricks. There you go. So I think if you Google Dirty Tricks, you'll probably find the trailer eventually. The movie actually doesn't come out till at the end of the month. It's actually got a quote here. Follows Lotan Fisher, the world's best bridge player, who is nicknamed the Michael Jordan of bridge. Yeah, well, that sounds a bit too complimentary for me, I think, and a lot of other people, they probably do not see it that way. Hmm. But, and that is a concern for some people that don't want to watch it. They're hoping that, you know, they don't really want it to cast it as if he was the best player in the world and how badly he was treated and all that sort of stuff. If it comes out like that, people won't want to watch it. Well, I think we'd better have another look at that and investigate a little bit deeper, Barry.
We'll bring you some more information next week. Get your gumboots on. We're going down to the pond. Phenomena. What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit. Hello, Barry. What's the tip for this week? Well, the tip is have a clear agreement for when you open a miner and they overcall a major. So there are a couple of different approaches that you can take here. The most common is that double shows at least four of the other major. One diamond and you get overcalled one spade. Double shows without a shadow of a doubt four plus hearts. Not enough to bid at the two level, so the ten points and five hearts, which was what one diamond, one spade, two hearts should show. But one diamond, one spade, double shows four hearts without a shadow of a doubt. There are some variations on that agreement. That one's the most common. And I've seen this quite a lot in developing players, that they're not 100% sure what that double means, and they could have four of a major or they might not. I can tell you that having the definite agreement that it shows four of the other major will pay dividends in your auction and give you clarity. So one diamond, one spade double and I've got a 19 count with four hearts I can just go four hearts without any worries whatsoever because I know that we've got a fit. So the same kind of applies over one of a minor and a one heart overcall. A very very common agreement is that one spade shows five or more spades and double shows exactly four spades and that's an agreement that will pay dividends. Clarity in the majors is what it's all about. Yep. Clarity in the majors. When we're searching for a suit agreement and looking for the contract to be in, our priorities are play in a major suit if you have one, play in no trumps, play in a minor. So clarity around those majors is very important. Important. Yeah, I told you the miners were the poor relations, Mariana. (laughs) (laughs) So is that what you play, Barry? Yeah, pretty much. I guess it's sort of probably a bit old-fashioned, but unless I hear of something better, that sounds like the way to go for me. You want to know what's going on, don't you, in the majors? If I sat down with someone I'd never played with before, I would make that assumption that that's what double shows. Well, if it was in the unlikely event that that person was me, Pam... You'd be right. <laughs> oh, look, that would be that would be such an honour. Oh, for me, for <laughs> we'll me, you mean? We'll have to do that one day. We'll have to do that one oh, there day. You go. What if that would be great. That would be awesome. Hey, anyway, I also hear, Pam, that you had a pretty successful day the other day with all all of those intermediates converging on the New Plymouth Club. What happened there? Oh, it was fantastic. So, New Zealand Bridge has put together a set of intermediate lessons and their notes are freely available on the website and they provide notes for the lessons, LIN files so that you can deal the boards, just a great resource that they've provided there. So our Learning and Development Officer Christine has organised these lessons to be held throughout the year at the New Plymouth Club and they've been very well received and there's a team of four of us that are presenting these lessons and I turned up for the first one that I was doing on Sunday 
And I just couldn't believe it. I think there were 15 tables. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's a tournament. <laughs> you I know. It was, was so super. And, you know, goodness me, in the weeks to come, there's going to be so much lamentso going on. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to be coming to grips with when interference, overcalling over our one no Trump. There's just going to be a whole lot of learning and going forward on that. So thank you, New Zealand Bridge, for providing that resource. And gosh, New Plymouth people, it was so great to see you all there. Yeah, wow. So the New Plymouth CBD was a ghost town, apparently. There was nobody around. They were all at the New Plymouth Bridge Club, listening to Pam. <laughs> so, so who's on your team, Pam? Is it a secret, or are you allowed to know who the other three are? So it's Christine Burton, John Warner, and Murray Carter. Fine players in our local club, and yeah, just a great initiative. I have had a look at the New Zealand Bridge, what you're talking about. It is a really great resource to have um, saves yeah. doing all that work and you know what it's like when you I don't know whether you, you probably do Pam if you ever get up and try and create a hand on the whiteboard to, to illustrate some point it doesn't take long before you realise oh my god I've, I've done so I shouldn't have done used that hand because I've put something else <laughs> yeah. in there and there's, there's something else I hadn't thought of it's a really hard thing to do mm. just on the spot I think fantastic resource yeah, yeah. brilliant thanks <laughs> yeah. for that well yeah. I bet they're all looking forward to the next one now you didn't Hopefully, have to provide free got... pizzas or anything, did you, to get them there? No? Um, well, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> no, I didn't provide free pizzas. I provided free spring onions. Oh! <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, that might have done much for the... Okay, so would you like me to clarify? <laughs> yeah, I would. I'm just wondering about the breadth of all those bridge players, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the day before, I rehomed my chickens to some kids down the road to have as pets because I have realised that you can't have a vegetable garden and have free-range chickens. <laughs> so I cleaned out my vegetable garden and I had... A mountain of beautiful fresh spring onions. I mean, a veritable mountain. Now, I don't know how many spring onions I thought me and my husband were going to eat, but I wildly <laughs> overestimated. <laughs> and so, part of part of the cost of coming to the lesson, which was table money four dollars, was that everyone had to take two spring onions. <laughs> That's a great story, fam. <laughs> You'll probably get twenty tables next time after that. They'll all be there to see see what's come out of your garden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Okay. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. So anyway, new tricks mm-hmm. is. We have talked about before on the show. Apparently, there are now eight great episodes on YouTube of new tricks. I mean, I have watched some of them. They are really good. It's really well done. So if you've got a few minutes to spare, go onto YouTube, look up new tricks, and there's eight great episodes for you to look at. So Zia's involved in that, and is that when they're looking at their hand and making some commentary about what their thought pattern is on playing that? We did watch a couple, if you recall. I I haven't watched them all, so I can't comment. But I, I have heard and I have read that they're really well done. Nice. Yeah, Get so. into that, people. And there's a new bridge site called Real Bridge. No subscription required. And I noticed there's a big match coming on between the Law team and the Nickel team. And it's going to be on Real Bridge. So you can go on there. There's commentators. And you can see the commentators. You can even chat and ask questions and stuff like that. So once again, there's Have you got a date for that? 
Oh, that's on. That's up now. Real brief. Oh, really? Actually, I googled it before the show and had a bit of a look, and there were a few matches on. They didn't all have commentators on. I did notice this Lawl Nickel one. They're going to have commentators at at all at both tables. Okay. Mm. Cool. Definitely worth a look. And yeah, I tell you what, it was very easy. I just clicked on it and it just said, "Put your name in," and clunk, you were in. It was couldn't have been any easier. And that's what you're going to be playing the Zone Seven on. Yeah, that's right. That's why I took some interest, actually. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so more publicity for Bridge. And as you know, all publicity is good publicity. There's a primetime TV show, which I presume is in the States, called The Blacklist. And apparently there is a Bridge scene on there. Really? Uh, it starts off by oh, a well-known actor who's a guy called Spade. I think his surname is Spade. He was on the uh, program with William Shatner, the law movie television program Star Trek no 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 he was James on the... Tiberius Kirk no, no, no Star Trek is I'm not going to talk about Star Trek I'm not this was a good TV Boston Law ah right yeah so I'm Boston Law this guy was on a train and he was reading and it was very visible because they flashed on he was reading 25 bridge conventions you should know by, <laughs> by Barbara Seagram and Mark Smith and then later on there was a bridge scene which I didn't get to see oh wow so we were on there as well so there's things more are publicity. Looking up. Yeah, things are looking up for Bridge. Let's head off to the courthouse. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Morning, Judge. We have a couple of questions for you today. So question one is about asking questions while the stop card is out on the table. What could go wrong there? What's complicated about that? <laughs> okay, well, actually, quite interesting. We're often told not to ask questions if we're not interested in bidding. Or if we ask questions because we're not going to bid, we give our partner information. And then someone puts out a stop card. And when the stop card is out and your opponent is counting to eight or ten, you're meant to look like you are interested in your hand and that you are thinking so that your partner doesn't know the difference between you having absolutely nothing to think about or having a lot to think about. And part of looking interested really would be asking about what the bid means, on top of which it's actually a time filler, but it's consistent. So if the stop card comes out and you're meant to look interestedly at your hand for eight to ten seconds, and the, you can also ask at that point, what do you understand by the bid? And you're not giving information to your partner, particularly not if you do it consistently. So it's not quite the same as when your opponents open one heart and you say, oh, what does that mean? Because when someone opens one heart which is not alerted and isn't a stop bid and is hearts because it hasn't been alerted, you really shouldn't be asking about it. Okay. Okay. Question two. This is a bit yep. of a curly one. It probably doesn't affect Julie Mariana because I've seen her in action when she's directing and she's... <laughs> she's not, easily pushed. Not easily intimidated, but some directors, maybe less experienced one in particular can feel a bit intimidated when they go to the table and there's some vastly experienced players who think they know the rules better than them or maybe they do know the rules better than them. How do you handle that as a sort of newish director? First of all, the senior players should know better than to bully or intimidate a director. On the other hand, 
I can imagine that if we call the director and a new director comes to the table and here's Patrick and I sitting at it, we don't have to do anything and they will feel intimidated. Yeah, that's, so, exactly, that's exactly it, isn't it? I'm not yeah. necessarily saying the open players are doing anything bad, it's just that the, the, the director right. gets there and he already feels intimidated. Yeah. So there's a couple of things here. Importantly, the senior players should let the director do what the director should do, and that is to come to the table and to make a ruling and not try and browbeat, but just to accept the director's ruling. Some of the time it will be wrong, and it is a really difficult situation. I remember years ago playing a tournament in Dunedin, and there was a um, an insufficient bid or something around the slam zone, uh, ace asking, and at that point, your partner got barred from the auction. And the director came along and made the wrong ruling. And I said to the um, director, after they made the ruling, I said, I'm sorry, but if that's your ruling, I will be appealing it. Because I knew it was very wrong. And I couldn't think of a better way of sort of saying, you're wrong. So rather than saying directly, I tried to be subtle. Um, it sort of didn't work because I got told off for intimidating the director. And really, it was about the fact there had been a wrong ruling made. So it is a wee bit difficult. If mm. the, sometimes it's important that the ruling is made properly. Most of the time, if the director makes an error, the board will be adjusted in your favour. So there might be more diplomatic ways of dealing with it, like talking to the director afterwards and saying, look, possibly this wasn't right. After the event, Jules. So you're saying just let them make the ruling, fume away, and then try and get it corrected later? Fume away. But talk to them. If it's really wrong at the time, just say, can you tell me that from the law book, perhaps? Ideally, the director should have the law book with them, and they should be referring to it when they're making their ruling. And mm. there are some really horrible ones with, comp- not horrible, but with comparable call and the changes to the latest laws, there are some situations that are very different from what they used to be. So if people that are teaching you the laws are thinking of previous law books, they will be wrong. So the players themselves often are getting this wrong because of the changes to the, law- the new laws. Mm. I used to be a national squash referee and I still remember a bad ruling that I did at the Matter Matter Open in the final. And it, to this day, I can still picture it. The two <laughs> lads, I had Jared Conning and Wayne Werder in the final and oh, I can still to this day see both of their faces when I made my ruling. <laughs> oh. I remember making a ruling at Congress and for some, it went to appeal. I don't know how it went to appeal. And this was when we had appeals left, right and centre and I think it was around about midnight or some horrible hour of the night. And John Ebert, who's passed away recently, came up to me afterwards and said, What on earth were you thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) um, The more I think about it, though, like if, if, you know, particularly if yourself or Patrick at the table, if a direct come over and make a ruling, I just can't think of any way that you can handle it that isn't going to sound a bit intimidating. No, that's right. And we, we, there are problems. Sometimes people look at us when they're making the rulings looking for um, approval. Or not. Oh, <laughs> uh, yep. The problem is that you're unbiased. So it's sort of... <laughs> it's the 
difficult. But generally, we will say, particularly if it's interesting, that perhaps they want to talk to us about it later, <laughs> providing it's not something that impacts on, on yeah. us. You can know, you say, can what? I have a second opinion? Or would you like to just go away and have a second thought about it and come back? The, the easiest thing is to ask them to look at the law book in a lot of ways. Yep. And, I mean, we can quote the law and possibly do things. But there are players that do intimidate. I know I was dealing with one at a tournament who was disagreeing with the ruling that I had made and came to talk to me and was standing right, I, I mean I'm quite short and the person was quite tall, not Blair, just to be not Blair really, um, <laughs> Even my husband's <laughs> 6 foot 4 and he's still short I, when he's hey, talking hey, to me like more Mike Curry actually because they, they both sort of if they were standing close to me I don't know where I'd be going it's sort of, When you're Julie a lot of people look tall <laughs> It really is quite intimidating. So this person, neither of those two people, was having an argument with me and was really close. And, of course, um, it just feels really, really intimidating. And all you can do is say, I'm sorry, that is my ruling. The current thing where you poll people or you can go and ask a person that you know that directs for advice after you've made your ruling, go and say, look, I made a ruling and they're not happy, this da-da-da-da-da, and ask the person for advice if you think it might be wrong, because you should always be able to say, sorry, I'm wrong. It's Mm. really important that we all learn and we all make mistakes. So if you've made a bad ruling, ideally you should be able to say, sorry, I'm wrong, I should have done this. So do you think things have got better? So if you cast your mind back to Dunedin, horse and cart days or whenever it was, up to now, do you think things have got better or worse, or are they pretty much the same? I think that there is a problem with people treating the volunteers and the people that don't know the rules very well. They don't necessarily treat them that well. And that's because we have people that know the laws well and do it professionally. And so that's a certain standard. And people have come to probably expect more so as we go on. It's sort of like sport where you're expected to get everything right. You just can't. But... I don't know that the players are as forgiving as they used to be. They're always argumentative players. It feels like people aren't quite so good at taking a director's ruling when they don't agree with it. And what should happen is that the director comes, they make the ruling after you give them the facts, you say thank you or whatever if you have a problem with it you can ask for it to be reviewed there's always a way of just saying I'm not too happy about the ruling can you explain it to me Uh, Patrick very often apart from writing screeds on A4 paper also photocopies the relevant part of the law about what the ruling is so that people can read it for themselves yeah but Patrick's special well yeah, but having the law book and being able to show to the people this is so they can talk to you later and you can say this is why. Right? Yeah, true. Yeah, Point yeah. it out. And if you are wrong, then you can change. If you've made a mistake and it's cost somebody match points, you can fix it. If you haven't done something wrong and they don't agree, you can show them how you did your ruling afterwards. Perfect. Hey, I've got one super last question. We're getting our money's worth today. Aren't we? Barbara and I are going up to the Franklin Restricted this Saturday, so we're taking two intermediates up with us, and they have not played with bidding boxes before. So have you got any super tips that we could pass on to them? 
First of all, when you get there, just grab a bidding box and show people how to use it. The important one, you put your thumb on the bid that you're making, your hand behind all the rest of the bidding cards and pull it out. You don't just haul out the one bid. You know, get there early, get the bidding box and just practice with it for a couple of minutes. Mm, that's good advice. Brilliant. Let Thank us know, you. Let us know how you get on next week, Mariana. Thank okay. you, Julie. See you next week. Okay. okay. See you later. Bye. Sorry, peeps. We've run out of time this week. Next week... Barry's going to continue talking about food and give us a rundown on canapé. We will catch you next week and we'll have some more stories and I'm sure the man's going to find some more quotes for you. See you next week. Just finish off the show again with that one about booze. It said if alcohol can damage your short-term memory, imagine the damage alcohol can do. If you've got any feedback, send us an email, bridzoneshuffle at gmail.com. Catch you next week. Bye for now. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.